Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going this week? Going well. Uh, it's been a, a strange week for May weather. It's middle of May and it's 60 degrees outside. It's Our a little chilly here. It's a little chilly here too. I don't know if it's that uh, chilly, but it's, it's kind of rainy, gloomy and stuff. All right, Amy, before we get to the news, big news for us this week. We've got a, a full-time sponsor now for the next couple of months, 2028. Today's episode is brought to you by 2028, powered by LifeWay, the world's largest provider of Christian resources. 2028 is the easiest way to create a beautiful church website. It's so simple that anyone can build a website in minutes, even you, Amy. Uh, if you could use the Internet, you can build a website. Start building your church's website for free. For 30 days, uh, go to 2028.co. That is T-W-E-N-T-Y, the number 2, the number 8, dot C-O. All the information about 2028 is at spcthisweek.com. Fantastic. So what you're saying is this software means that my typical uh, MO, which would be, hey, I need this little website that I call you and ask you to do it. Yes. That now I can go to... 2028. Yes, you can do 2028. They build websites. Also have uh, church management software, e-giving, and a lot of other things. So anything that you need technical or you know technologically done at your church, they can help you out. That's great. Yeah, and hey, before we get going, Amy, today, I want to give a quick shout out to Fred Baker, the pastor at Fellowship Baptist in Asheville, <laughs> North Carolina, who is uh, listening and actually hearing what we're talking about and and living it out he he heard us talking about the the new coffee shop redo at Ridgecrest a few yes. weeks ago yeah and and we're gonna have Art Snead on today uh we've got Art's interview this uh in this episode so you'll get to hear all about all the great things that are going on at Ridgecrest but uh as actually at Ridgecrest checked out the coffee shop and, and even mentioned it to Art so uh, that was pretty cool so so thank you uh for doing that we were able to make at least one latte possible yes yes Building the SBC one latte at a time. Absolutely. That's a pretty good way to go right there. I, I, I like that. So, you know, I like coffee and yes. so do you. So, I do. all right, Amy, big news. First of the month. You know what that means? CP. We are up 6.45% ahead of budget projection year to date. Very big news. Nice, uh, nice way to go into St. Louis. Very exciting, positive momentum there. Yes. A lot of momentum, like you said, going into St. Louis. Designated giving is, um, for the same year is 8.68% above last year as well. So not only just the CP giving, which is, uh, you know, the 6.45%, mm-hmm. but designated giving also up almost 9%. That's pretty incredible. And um, I mean, what what do you think is going on? Do you think it's just sort of continued ex- excitement? Um, just I, th- I think there's two factors playing. I think mm-hmm. one is people are committing more to giving, obviously. The dollar amounts are up, not just the percentages. Right. So there is more money coming. I think there's also, well, actually three things. So that's one. Two is the crisis at IMB, um, the financial issues there. You know, you call it whatever you want. Crisis may be a little overstated. Sorry, David Platt. Um, I apologize for calling it a crisis. But many would consider it a crisis. And I think that that has filtered down. Right. And I think you can say it's something that's called all of our attention to an issue. So I I think in that respect, certainly you can say that. And then also, I think the adjusted state givings, I I think that's making a big difference. And and we're even seeing that because of the adjusted state givings, people are giving more. we, We talk about Florida all the time. And what Tommy Green did there, and he went in there, and he immediately changed everything. Fifty-one forty-nine, giving fifty-one percent on, and he's giving fifty-one percent of every dollar. As we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, when they sold the uh, the Baptist building, the revenue they gave fifty-one percent of that on to right. CP. Uh, so, 
that has in turn spurred people in Florida to give more. So their giving is up, and they're giving more. Food. Yes. So you know, the bump in the states, the bump it from just, the local churches, it's, like a, it's a filter down. A tri- it's a trickle-down economics kind of thing. Not in the, the classic sense, um, but at the same time, that is making impact on the, the national levels from a state and a local level. It's very exciting, and it, it just really helps. It, it even gives us a really positive way to frame conversations in St. Louis to uh, encourage uh, giving to the, the cooperative program. And so uh, this is very, very good news. I heard people talking about this uh, yesterday, and uh, I'm, I'm excited. Yes, it's, it is exciting, and, and more CP means more to the nations, more to uh, prospective SBC seminary students. So I mean, it's just one of those things where giving through the CP really helps everybody. So Absolutely. All right, some, uh, some I wouldn't say scary news, but some disturbing news came out of Texas this week. Jim Richards had to have a heart surgery this past week to replace a valve and to repair an aortic aneurysm. So that was kind of, uh, I, I didn't see that coming. I, obviously, we don't live in Texas. Probably uh, the people in Texas may have known a little bit more about this uh, before it happened, but successful surgery nonetheless. Uh, he had surgery this week and is recovering well from what we all uh, reports. Yes, yeah, certainly. So as you said, it uh, disturbing news in that when it was all kind of coming and people were asking for prayers on, on Twitter, it pops through and you're, you're sort of surprised and oh no, and you know, stop to pray. Uh, but at the time that we're recording this, I would say it's good news. So yeah. So he had surgery last week or earlier this week and it was announced last week and, and, uh, seems to be recovering well. Uh, it was in ICU as of the last report we got, but they said that, uh, he was recovering and things were going as planned. So, uh, just keep uh, Jim Richards in your prayers as he leads the SPTC over there in Texas. Absolutely. Uh, moving on, we have some big news coming out of the SBC annual meeting. We've got the program. We've got a racial unity event uh, going on. Yes. We've already talked about the, the prayer event on Tuesday night of the convention. And we'll, we'll cover all of this in our big SBC preview. And we've also got some, uh, some nominees for trustee positions. Yeah. Uh, so first of all, the program came out in its entirety. We've seen sort of segments of this snapshots, and that's something that I really like that Dr. Floyd does when they have kind of a rough idea of the program. They go ahead and put that out, and that generates some excitement because you want to get more things out earlier for people to make their travel plans and to to get, get folks talking about what's going to happen, but all the specifics and details can't can't be nailed down until closer to time. So we've had some idea of what we would be doing, but we have more of a a detailed schedule uh, made public. So that's definitely worth looking at. Yeah, Um, we're going to just run through it real fast, but I want to park on Tuesday morning for now. And that includes the racial reconciliation panel uh, with Dr. Jerry Young and Marshall Blaylock. Uh, Marshall's the pastor at First Baptist Church in Charleston, South Carolina. Remember from last year, Charleston is a, a location of the, the shootings uh, sure. following the week following SBC last year. And then also Jerry Young, who we had mentioned earlier on the podcast as the president of the National Baptist Convention, uh, had been with Dr. Floyd in Mississippi at that racial reconciliation event earlier uh, this year. Yes, and this is an important conversation to happen as well, uh, being as, as close as we will be uh, to Ferguson. That's a suburb of, of St. Louis, and, and so much that's happened there in the last couple of years, and, and still really uh, a lot of conversations surrounding tensions there. Um, we need to be having this conversation. Uh, we need to have it 
just because it's the right thing to do big picture, but even in, in a timely fashion, uh, we need to be recognizing uh, the world around us because of the Charleston situation happened the morning after we adjourned last year. This is just uh, the right time for us to be doing this. And uh, I I think that panel is going to be a great one. Yeah, so this is officially the SBC Presidential Panel, a national conversation on racial unity in America. Uh, We mentioned that Marshall Blaylock and Jerry Young will be on the panel. They are the featured speakers. And then also joining them would be H.B. Charles. He's the pastor over in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. Joe Castevens. Uh, pastor in Ferguson, First Baptist Ferguson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Timmy Chavis, who's a p- senior pastor in Bear Creek Baptist Church in Pembroke, North Carolina, your neck of the woods, Amy. Yep. D.A. Horton, a good friend of ours out there in Los Angeles, California, planning a church out there. Fred Luter, a former SBC president at Franklin Avenue Baptist Church in New Orleans. Greg Mott, who's the senior pastor at First Baptist Church Houston. Greg was the pastor's conference president a couple of years ago in the SBC. Then Kitty Petty, who is a pastor at the Gate Church in St. Louis, Missouri. And rounding out the panel will be David Um, the senior pastor of Antioch Baptist up in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Very diverse panel uh, from all over the country and a lot of people that I already love to hear from. uh, And then some that I haven't really heard from before and I want to. So This should be a very informational panel. And that will be preceded, actually, by Dr. Floyd's presidential address. He'll be giving that that morning as well. Uh, Then the panel and then the lunches. Uh, We have uh, two big lunches, I know, on Tuesday. Uh, Not to slight any of the others, but the two main ones, I think, are the Midwestern lunch that Lifeway is helping out with uh, and the B-21 lunch uh, also. So those two are going on. A lot of free resources at those. A couple of really good panels on that one. Uh, Let's see, the Midwestern one has H.P. Charles, who we mentioned. They'll be part of this presidential panel. And Kevin Ezell, Dr. Paige Patterson, Dr. Tom Rayner, and uh, Mark Dever, along with Dr. Jason Allen from Midwestern. Uh, and then over at the B21 panel, uh, they have J.D. Greer, David Platt, uh, Al Moeller, uh, Danny Aiken, and a couple others, I think, as well. So I can't remember those off the top of my head. So a couple of great panels, uh, options for lunch there will be going on. And then after Tuesday lunch, then we get into the business, Amy. Yes, that's the time. And I want to just say again, I love the fact that we do this. We did this last year. I love that we're doing it again this year, that all of the business has been consolidated into one session. Yes. Uh, The the things that the messengers vote on. Uh, This is is a great, uh, great move. One of the challenges always has been just keeping that schedule just right and the messengers being in the hall to vote and even knowing when the votes are. But for us to be able to say, hey, this is the time we we need to really be fulfilling our responsibility as we represent our churches. Uh, this is it's during this time. So just go and uh, settle in on those uh, seats, get comfortable and be ready to raise your ballots. Yeah, because it's uh, about a three and a half hour straight business meeting yes whenever you yes, start looking is. at it that that is a pretty stout uh business meeting right there so we have motions it is but a good one let's say it in it a very is. positive way it's it a is. very important thing so and, and i like the flow of the schedule because like you look at it like you mentioned it, it's motions and then we get to hear from dr frank page and his report and then right. we have the election after that at 225 so that'll be the election of officers president first vice president second vice president don't have a second vice president nominee yet First vice president uh, nominee, only one so far, Doug Munton. Mm-hmm. Talked to him this week. Going to um, do a uh, interview with him next week. So we'll have that, I think, mm-hmm. at the end of next week for you uh, to hear from Doug. And then uh, we have the reports from the committees on nominations and committee on committees. 
Uh, and then we have a, a, another chance to introduce new motions, which is right. basically when everything's, you know, it's fair game from the floor. So those are always the fun times. After the motions, then we have another election of officers, and then we have the Guidestone report uh, from O.S. Hawkins. Then Frank Page will come back for a second report. Then more elections, and then the Committee on Resolutions report. So uh, we also uh, taped an interview this past week with Bart Barber. Uh, he has a resolution that he has submitted, so we will uh, get to hear about that resolution, why he did that resolution, what it's about, and everything. We'll have that for you as well uh, next week on the podcast, so uh, be sure to tune in for that. And then the Committee on Order of Business report, and then the election of the convention preacher, alternate preacher, and music director. Now, Amy, question on this. How does that work? Is that a nominated thing? Is that something that the, the president-elect picks? Actually... I am not certain how who chooses to make that nomination. All right. We'll have to look that one up and come yeah. back with an answer next I need week. I to go back and look. So uh, I have to find that one out. And then, uh, you know, we finish out the business meeting, and then that leads us into the Tuesday night. We've talked about the national call to prayer for spiritual leadership, revived churches, and nationwide and global awakening uh, that Dr. Floyd will be leading. Featured at that will be Keith and Kristen Getty and uh, others. Julio Aliola will be leading all the worship uh, events for the convention. Uh, but Keith and Kristen Getty will be joining him on that Tuesday night and I think again on Wednesday as well. And moving into Wednesday, Wednesday morning, just want to point out two big breakfasts, uh, the Lifeway breakfast Tuesday morning. Yes. Uh, be there for that. That's a free breakfast now in the Dome. Uh, so we it's going to be a huge event, uh, a lot of free stuff from Lifeway. And then also... Women's Leadership Breakfast, sponsored Correct. in part by Southeastern. Southeastern Seminary and uh, NAM together are uh, doing our second annual Women's Leadership Breakfast, and that will be uh, near, right outside the convention hall, actually. They're on the first floor near the convention hall, so a very convenient location, and we are very excited. We have a couple of speakers this year, uh, Natasha Robinson and Kathy Sharp, so it's going to be a great time. All right, so you've got breakfast on Wednesday morning. Once that's done, get into the hall uh, because then we have reports from the ERLC, from Lifeway, from all the seminaries. And they're doing the seminary panel again where they're all together, uh, which I enjoy because you get to hear a lot about what's going on in our Southern Baptist seminaries all at once. Um, and then later on, we get the convention sermon from Ted Trailer down yes. in Pens uh, Pensacola, Florida. Ted's uh, well-known in the convention, so Ted's got a, a convention sermon, and then that'll be followed up by the WMU report, NAM report, and IMB report uh, before lunch on Wednesday. Right. And these are just, from NAM and IMB, these are just their reports, their entity uh, reports, not the commissioning service no. and, and all of that. That comes later. We're getting there. Yes. Uh, so Wednesday afternoon, seminary lunches galore. Um, Absolutely. So I think you, you and I both will be attending seminary lunches. Uh, I know which one you'll be at. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but seminary lunches on Wednesday afternoon and then uh, reconvene around 2.15. And that leads us into uh, the final part of the program, which will be finishing up any previously scheduled business and then uh, the panel discussion with the entity presidents and messenger questions from the floor. Doing that all at once yes. this year in the afternoon on on Tuesday afternoon. But uh, before that, there is a Pastors and the Church in American Politics Today panel uh, that Dr. Floyd will be leading. And then at the end of the day, to cap it all off, the joint missions presentation uh, from Kevin Ezell and David Platt from NAM and IMB, respectively. Yes. Uh, and, and that's a great way to end it. It kind of just reminds us all of why uh, why we do this, that when we make the statement, we can do more together than we can do apart. 
uh, seeing those uh, people who are going out uh, shows us this is this is why we do this. Um, and then at the end, uh, the handing off of the gavel, very important. Yep, headed to Phoenix next year. Yes. In June, in the desert, <laughs> again. But, Can't wait. But Phoenix, Phoenix, I will say, Phoenix was the first uh, convention I attended in person. And okay. absolutely loved the city. That's where I met you. That is. It is where I met in you. In the WMU booth. Yes, thank you for that. Um, I was I, I was working a, a shift in the Lifeway booth, and Philip Nation called me over to the WMU booth to meet Jonathan Howe. Yep, and everything else is history. And now, Here we are. Five years later, we're doing a podcast together um, after working together for a while. So yeah. Um, so that's the that's the schedule. Uh, we'll go into a little bit more detail on that in our big preview episode coming up around the first of June. Uh, but there was one point in there that we mentioned, and that was the report from the committee on nominations of the new trustees, and those have been announced this past week. and And it's a lot of names. It is a lot of names, and uh, some that I recognize. Obviously, some that uh, that we we don't know, but are people that would be great to get to know. And these are are all people who are willing to serve, and that's uh, that's very important, and we appreciate that. So it amazes me the amount of work that the nominating committee has to has to do. Yes, and, and uh, just one glance at this at this list is evident of how many people it takes to pull this thing off. Right, right. Because uh, there, there's so there's so many very specific things about each trustee board that that it's very important to keep a balance that you have so many lay people in some cases uh, you have local trustees I mean just just all these different things and so you can't just say hey here's somebody I know that would be good they have to fit some very specific uh, some very specific requirements to serve so that those trustee boards have the appropriate balance. And so that's been in place for a very long time. And it takes a lot of work to build up a list that fits all of those things. That's going to do it for the news this week. Before we get to the interview, we want to also remind you uh, that today's episode is brought to you by 2028 uh, from Lifeway. That's T-W-E-N-T-Y-2-8.co. Visit them for all your church technology needs. And now our interview with Art Sneed. Joining us today on SBC This Week is Art Sneed. Art is the director at Ridgecrest Conference Center in Black Mountain, North Carolina. Art, thanks for joining us, man. I'm glad to be here today, Jonathan. I appreciate the opportunity. Now, most people have heard of Ridgecrest. Many of our listeners probably have been to Ridgecrest at some point, whether it's for a Fuge Camp or a different church event or or even a Lifeway event. We host a lot of Lifeway State events out there. Uh, the State Partners Summit, for instance, has now moved out there. And yes. In December, I was there this past December, or last time I saw you, in fact. Uh, was for the State Partner Summit. Uh, just tell us a little bit about some of the things. I know Ridgecrest, whenever I first went out there, it's dramatically changed in the last few years, and, and not for a bad thing. Like, I mean, it really is amazing since you've taken over out at Ridgecrest. Well, we've uh, we've got a great team in place that's made a lot of changes the last few years. 2017 is actually Ridgecrest's 110-year anniversary, and so we're looking forward to celebrating that. Um, and so there's obviously a lot of history, a lot of heritage at Ridgecrest, uh, but at the same time, we've been very intentional, uh, really over the last 10 years or so, uh, at upgrading facilities. We've got um, hotel facilities. We've got Johnson Spring Convention Center. 
Uh, and then even just within the last couple of years, we've had so many people, whether they're part of our volunteer program or uh, guests that maybe haven't been with us for a while, or even guests that come every year, they were here a year ago, they show up again, and they're like, man, what, what's going on? We uh, refreshed the, the amphitheater there at the front oh, entrance, yeah. which is completely different. We had a block party, a, a huge youth event last weekend that had a block party there at night with lights, food, games. Yeah, that it is a incredible. fantastic little – it's like the last thing you see when you drive off if you're coming yep. around the back of uh, uh, the auditorium there. But, I mean, it is just – that that blew me away. Just that little minor detail, the redo of that this past year when I came out. Yeah, it just was blew hidden. Me away. It was hidden behind um, Crystal Springs Annex for a long, long time. Brought that back to to life. That amphitheater. Um, one of the things we're doing right now, we're finishing up, is putting restrooms in Spillman Auditorium. When Spillman Auditorium was built, holds twenty two hundred people. It never had restrooms. It's never internal had restrooms. to the building itself, to the really? auditorium. There's a few in the uh, classroom building in the back. And they used to have a, a, sort of a nearby two-story cinder block issue, but we're actually putting nice new bathrooms connected uh, to the back lobby and also to the side of Spillman. So that's one of the big projects that we're going up trying to get finished before summer uh, this year. Okay, so well, I'll have to check that stuff. out when I come because i actually never been in Spillman because when we're there for trustee meeting, there's usually another event that's going on in there. So, you know, it's not available to us. We can't really go in there. There's things going on. So I'll have to check that out, maybe, uh, maybe sneak in there a little bit. Sure. And, and blend in maybe try to blend in there you go so and uh check it out so um now not just ridgecrest you have ridgecrest proper the the conference center but there's also camp crestridge and camp ridgecrest the camps yes facilities and i know I, we got a tour of the new uh facility upgrades that you guys did out there and these are summer camps that and they also have events i think during the year uh, yes. father son mother daughter type things yes. as well uh you can tell us about that but but the the improvements you've made there I mean, that's top notch. I was blown away. Like the 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 pool was incredible. By right, the way, sure. Uh, at the girls' camp, no mixed bathing, right? No, no. Uh, and, <laughs> but but then you've got the the huge lake over at the boys' camp and everything. I mean, just a phenomenal new facilities that you guys have gone in there and redone the the dining hall at the girls' camp. I know, and I, I know you're doing a whole lot of work at the boys' camp this year in preparation for this summer. Yeah, and you know, Jonathan, that, that's I guess in a in a long way, that's how I came to Lifeway. My first summer, I was nine years old was at our boys camp, Camp Ridgecrest for Boys. And for a long time, Ridgecrest summer camps, Camp Ridgecrest for Boys, Camp Crestridge for Girls, were sort of the the best-kept secret at Lifeway. Um, They've been around for a very, very long time. um, And uh, over the past five years or so have really uh, grown and expanded in ministry, both in terms of um, what's being offered at those sites. Now, you mentioned the girls' camp had had recently been redone a year ago. to, to put new program areas in, expand the chapel, expand the dining hall, which allows us – We six years ago, we had 200 campers max. This summer, we will have a session – two sessions with more than 400 wow. girl campers there. So that has allowed us to, uh, to expand our ministry impact in that way. At our boys' camp, that's what's primarily going on this year. We've got a lot of projects we're getting done before the summertime starts. Uh, again, growing the number of kids that we can – impact uh at at one time there Um, but also we really have been intentional about expanding our impact on our campers throughout the year uh, and their families Uh, we have blogs now we have a blog for our boys campers our girls campers we have a blog for camper parents that goes on and then three years ago we started family camp family camp at at camp ridgecrest and camp crestridge is every labor day weekend 
Uh, it's a Friday through Monday thing. The response to that has been phenomenal. We have had so many adults say, hey, we love it when our kids come to camp. When can we come to camp? When are you going to do camp for parents? Yeah. Uh, but it's also allowed us to, to reach a lot of people that maybe weren't already campers with us in the summertime. We also have, uh, in August, a father-son weekend, and we have a mother-daughter weekend. And so those have been phenomenally successful. If anybody's interested in learning more about our summer camps, our family camps, whatever, you can go to ridgecrestcamps.com yeah. and get plenty of information yeah. there. And we were there last year. I think you were hosting a, a, one of the, the father-son things whenever we were there last year. Yes. Because uh, we went over and toured the new boys' camp, or the, the boys' camp, and you were showing me the, the potential improvements that you guys are going to make. And people were checking in. So oh, it was great. It was just a just a really cool to see dads and sons out there, you know, and and just enjoying being with one another and and having that time out there in, in the mountains in North Carolina. So uh, a great facility, and I, I know you mentioned you are making huge impact uh, there and and huge improvements as well. Uh, and really, just it's not the the summer camp kind of that you you think of back, you know, whenever you maybe gone to summer camp twenty or thirty years ago, whenever we were kids. Uh, this is a first-class facility. It really is. Um, while at the same time, the, the comments that we've gotten from folks at our summer camps with the improvements we've made, two most common comments. One, man, it's so nice. And two, it still looks like camp. Yes, it still has that rustic feel. And that's that exactly. That you want, but it, it has a modern flavor to it yeah that's exactly what we wanted and at the conference center of course you know we've got everything from 10 sites rv sites dorm youth dorm space all the way up to deluxe hotel accommodations uh very nice and so at the conference center we really serve a wide range and we've got an auditorium like spillman that'll hold 2200 we've got smaller auditoriums we've got all kinds of conference space we've redone a lot of our conference rooms and that's where uh individual churches can come to events obviously you mentioned some of the lifeway events we've got a ton of events during the year and and that um allows us to to host all kinds of events all sizes of events churches those kinds of things and then one thing i wanted to make sure that i mentioned to you is that we're not just an event facility uh that we actually families can come for uh family spiritual retreats but also we do something for ministers for for anyone who is a uh, a full-time uh, employee of a Christ-centered ministry, uh, we have a minister's getaway package where they can come and we give them the best housing that we have available for when they want to come. And it's an opportunity for them to get away, uh, for them to, to recharge their batteries, for them to uh, get opportunities with spouse uh, that maybe they don't get uh, in a typical week uh, where where they are serving. And uh, we've even taken some space and dedicated it as a pastor's study yeah. and gotten a lot of resources from B&H and some other areas of Lifeway that, that has been very helpful. Named after Jim Henry? Uh, is that the auditorium it's near Jim Henry Auditorium, okay, so right? Okay, an auditorium. Jim Henry, First Baptist Orlando That's right. for many years. That's right. That name should ring a bell to our SBC listeners. Yes, and so it's uh, that pastor study is, is near there. Um, at the Conference Center, our, our mission is cultivating experiences, nurturing relationships, impacting lives for God's glory. And at the camps, our mission is impacting lives for God's glory through discipleship and adventure. Yeah. So really, when we think about Ridgecrest, whether it's our family camps, our summer camps, whether it's centrifuge, whether it's uh, uh, black church leadership and family week that comes, we want to be about impacting lives for God's glory. That's that's what we do. All right. So if I'm at a church and I'm thinking, you know, what are some ways that I can use and I can utilize this facility that, that we have, uh, this hidden gem for many, if they haven't been there before, what are some ways churches can use Ridgecrest? 
Sure, absolutely. We, we have uh, churches that come for staff retreats. We have churches that come for couples retreats. We have churches that come for women's uh, uh, women's events, women's retreats. Uh, we have churches that will come as a group, for example, to, I mentioned Black Church uh, Leadership mm-hmm. and Family Conference. We have churches that bring their youth group to Centrifuge, to Student Life, to Center Kid at Ridgecrest as well. So a lot of opportunities. And our sales team, we actually have a, a wonderful sales team, but we've got one individual whose focus is SBC churches. That's how important that market segment is to us. Uh, his name is Danny Dalton. Um, his He can be reached by email at danny.dalton at lifeway.com uh, or his by phone at one eight 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 seven six. excuse me, one eight six six. Seven six eight nine zero four eight, or you can just call Ridgecrest and say, "I need to talk to someone. I'm an SBC church. We're yeah. going to make sure he gets in touch with you." Oh, that sounds good. And one thing I'd be remiss without noting about Ridgecrest: the, the few times that I've been there in the last couple of years, actually, the several times I've been there now in the last couple of years, the food is always top notch. I think camp and conference centers get a, a bad rap on food, but I've been to a lot of conference centers in the SBC, and I would say that the food at Ridgecrest is at the top of all of them. Well, I appreciate that. Um, we, I know our food service team takes great pride in that. Uh, one of the things that we've done within the past year is we've actually created a new position on our food service team of executive chef. Ridgecrest has never had an executive chef before. And so we brought in, and so we even think that since you were there last in December, that we're making changes and improvements that people are going to notice in the in the food side of things. Well, I can't so that's to good to hear. <laughs> good, feed, good feedback from you. I can't you, wait so. for that. So. All right. Well, Art, thank you for joining us. Uh, where can they find out more about Ridgecrest online? Sure. Our Ridgecrest uh, Conference Center website is uh, ridgecrestconferencecenter.org. And our Ridgecrest Summer Camps is ridgecrestcamps.com. They can come there and, and reach out to us, and we'd love to share the good news of what's going on at Ridgecrest. All right. Thanks, Art. Thanks, Jonathan. Thank you for that, Jonathan. Uh, I love, I think I said this a few weeks ago, I love Ridgecrest. And didn't didn't grow up going there uh, like so many people did. I didn't get that privilege, but as I, I went as an adult, I think it's just a fabulous place, and it's great to hear about everything that's going on there. All right, that's going to bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. Well, we are going to go uh, back to 1985. A very interesting sort of development in international relations uh, that made uh, that, that had a real effect on our relief ministry. So this is in Thailand. So in 1985, on April 30th, the Thai government broke it. And the first, uh, the first export license granted for strategic commodities was uh, to Southern Baptists. Um, they, they opened the door for Southern Baptists to buy seed uh, from from Thai farmers' rice seed to export it to send it to Cambodia, uh, where there was a huge uh, hunger crisis, uh, war, all of that going on. And the Foreign Mission Board, the Thai Farmers Co-op, and the Thai Ministry of Agriculture were on that license. And it was a huge, huge deal. Um, the the missionary doctor that was kind of leading those efforts is quoted in this story saying, this should be viewed as no less than a work of God. Uh, a testimony to the power of prayer, that there were huge hunger needs that Southern Baptists were trying to help, trying to to relieve. And that they even said that some relief groups in the area had been denied uh, a license. So it was almost just this miraculous thing uh, that Southern Baptists were allowed 
allowed to do this. So sometimes I think we don't pay enough attention. We we've done some things on the global uh, global hunger relief. Yeah, we had uh, Joe Wagner on the yeah episode. yeah, but we need to continue to remember this that these efforts that happen around the world uh, that. It, and that NAM's disaster relief that happens around the country, these are tremendous ministries uh, that Southern Baptists do. And so I thought this was just a, a, a really amazing story, uh, this celebration, frankly, as it was put out in Baptist Press uh, in 85 for a, a huge, huge deal that happened uh, to, so that the uh, Southern Baptists could help the people of Cambodia and reach them in this way by providing uh, by providing this need. And so it all happened this week in SBC history. And I'm going to guess that mm-hmm. this is the possible genesis for what we used to have uh, for Global Hunger Relief. There were the rice bowl banks. Do you remember those? Did you ever see one of those? Um, no, I'm sorry. Okay. All right. So WMU, Global Hunger Relief, Remember, I, I don't have a lot of history with them. Well, I'm, no, I'm talking about just as in like the last five to ten years. Oh, so really? They had little banks that mm-hmm. were plastic, and they, they looked like a rice bowl. They had white tops, you know, brown bottoms. looked like a rice yeah. bowl. And yeah. it was a little bank that you could okay. order through your church, give out to the kids, and they could collect money and, and stuff for uh, global hunger relief. And they've changed that now. It's a bread bank. It looks like a loaf of bread. Um, yeah. So I, I've put the link in there so you could church uh, can order those. They're about $75 for 50 banks, and you can just get the banks, and then you just turn the banks in or turn the money back in to Global Hunger Relief. But that's just a, great. an easy way to raise awareness of these needs, the, the hunger needs uh, yeah. that we have in uh, around the world. Uh, yeah. And like you said, you know, kind of really got kicked off, maybe not this week in SBC history, but this is a, a big part of it in right. SBC history. Well, this story is really incredible, and it's talking about how they're getting it hopefully just in time, um, and that they could save the lives of up to a fourth of uh, the children in this one province and pull several regions out of near starvation. Uh, that that the years of war had destroyed the farmland, had gotten had destroyed work animals, and 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 almost a generation of male workers, and so it, it was a famine that was kind of different from the famines that we think about. You know, we think about them being all sort of weather related, but this was one that, that the war had, had just destroyed things. And yeah. so, uh, so there was just this work and the ban on exporting, uh, from Thailand was just holding up everything. Uh, but very, very, uh, very huge. They also had to receive special approval from the state department and the treasury department because we had a, a trade embargo, against Cambodia that also uh, was taken care of. So this was a big celebration uh, happening in, you know, in our family of churches at, at the time. All right. So uh, if you're interested, like we said, if you're interested in helping out Global Hunger Relief, uh, which Southern Baptists still do today, uh, you can do that. We have the link to the bread banks that we mentioned earlier uh, on the website at sbcthisweek.com. All right, that's going to bring us to our resources of the week. My resource of the week this week, I know we probably have talked about it before on the podcast, but it's release week, and he was on The Tonight Show, and he was on ESPN First Take this week. So it's going to be Unashamed by Lecrae. Very nice. Yeah, I saw Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Really big deal. And Devin was there, and Devin, I don't know if Devin went with him, but if Devin went with him to Hamilton, me and Devin are going to fight in the parking lot next week. I feel... I, I feel like Devin Maddox probably was able to get a ticket to Hamilton. It just seems like if anybody's going to be able to get one, it's Devin Maddox. Well, Lecrae tweeted out a picture with him and Lin-Manuel Miranda. They went last night, apparently. So, 
I, I'm, I'm not happy with Devin Maddox right now. You know, you get a lot of opportunities, Jonathan. Yes, I do. I should you be grateful for my opportunities, right. not jealous of others. You should have no reason to complain. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> so, Your resource of the week. My resource of the week is Planting Missional Churches. Hey, a new a book new by, book Daniel, by M. Daniel M. Is <laughs> Planting Missional Churches. This is actually not a new resource. It's an old resource that has been made new again by Daniel M., and Ed Stetzer. Uh, so Planting Missional Churches was out uh, years ago. Uh, that was a, a book that was released by Ed Stetzer and is an incredibly important book, not just big picture on kind of missiology, but very, very practical knowledge about what it means and all the things that it takes uh, to do church planting. This is a resource that's been used by church planters for a very, very long time. But contexts have changed. Things have changed. Uh, just new uh New things that really need to be done as you are are planting a church have developed, and so it was time for an update. And Daniel M. Uh, came in, and the the two of them sort of worked together to make a new resource. So, I mean, I, I think this is so fresh that even if you have it in your library, you should get this new edition. Um, so, uh, I wanted I wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, uh, and the new edition's cover looks a lot better than the old one. I'll just throw that out there too. The old one went bad, but this new one, it's a really cool cover. Yes, it does have a really cool cover. It looks it looks different. What is that skyline? Is that New York? I have no idea. I don't know. Anyway, um, I can't tell. It's kind of a small small on my screen here, but it's, uh, it's definitely something that you should get uh, your guide to starting churches that multiply. All right, Amy, that's going to do it for today's episode. Once again, we want to thank our sponsor, 2028. You can visit them at 20, spell it out, T-W-E-N-T-Y the number two the number eight dot co online uh, all the link and all the information about 2028 and everything they do for you is at the website amy i know you guys are getting geared up for graduation um chriswell college graduation is uh, this month as well so i should be getting my degree from them uh, for my master's in christian studies so i'm excited about that i know you're excited about uh graduation coming up uh, you got a lot of friends probably at Southeastern, probably some student workers that are graduating as well. It's it's always an exciting time. And uh, of course, now that we've been here almost four years, we have a lot of a lot of graduates that we know and are very uh, proud of, excited, excited to see. So just hoping for no rain. Oh, yes. Uh, y'all do graduation outside? No, we do not do it outside. Oh, okay. but, uh, no, we do still do it in Binkley Chapel, but just the, the walking outside and the families outside after, just a lot of great opportunities for pictures, things like that. Uh, it's not, not the day you want it to rain. I know Southern does their graduation usually outside. They uh, do. That's the plan. I guess they can move it, I guess, into, is it Alumni Chapel? Yes. And yeah, because years ago, I mean, Keith graduated twice and both of them were in the spring and they were not outside at that point. They still did them in Alumni Chapel. So. All right. So uh, pray for good weather at all the seminary graduations. Absolutely. Because uh, like you said, even if it's inside, uh, it's right. still kind of a hassle trying to get around with all the people on campus and parking and, and trying to get, you know, two right. places. So, yes. um, so good weather would be appreciated to know across all the seminaries. So thanks again for joining us this week on SBC this week. Thanks to Art Sneed and uh, his time uh, and his discussion about Ridgecrest. And also thanks again to 2028 for sponsoring us this week. We'll see you next week. See you next week. <laughs>